Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily they come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio on Ground Zero Dot Radio, broadcasting all over the world, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, Monday through Friday. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, tst underscore underscore radio and facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. You can find the show likewise on any radio or podcast player. You can listen to the show for free. There are advertisements, of course, that are monetized. That's how we make a lot of our income. And if you'd like to get rid of those advertisements, you can subscribe to the full archive with the montages, my digital books, and more at www.thesecretteachings.info. You can also find my books there on the website as well. You can hear also that I went ahead and changed the introduction music there. I do that every couple of months to change things up, mix things up a little bit. Let me know if you enjoy that new music. Tried to take it down a notch from the intensity of the last one. And if you uh, have any comments or questions uh, about the show in general, please use those emails. I got an interesting email from uh, Andrew last night, Andrew Rackley, and he said that he was telling somebody the other day about his experiences in New Orleans dealing with a church. I've never heard of this church called the Process Church. And he said the Process Church evolved into the Best Friends Society which settled in Kanab, Utah. And he says they're an animal sanctuary business now. And that's so funny that Andrew brought that up because as I was telling the story last night, last night was our first show back in two nights because I did go out of town up to Utah, southern Utah, to Zion National Park and Coral Pink Sands. I went to Monument Valley and a couple other small places. And we did pass through Kanab and we saw that animal sanctuary there and it was like everybody in town had a sticker for the animal sanctuary. We drove past the animal sanctuary and it was almost cult-like. So I find that funny. Andrew messaged us and said it's basically a church and they work with and through this animal society called the Best Friends Society. I knew there was something suspicious about all those animal stickers. I knew there was something suspicious. I mean, when you're in Utah, I mean, the, the Mormon church and, you know, religious groups, they tend to hide behind things like this. So I just thought that was funny. TST radio at protonmail.com. Thank you so much for emailing us, Andrew. And of course, everybody else who messaged us about last night's show, very personal story. If you missed the show, we had a weird interaction with uh, strange lights up in Monument Valley. Didn't intend to see anything, just was driving to the valley, went to a campground, saw these strange lights asked the owner of the property the next morning if he's ever seen anything. He pointed right to where we saw them, described the lights precisely how we saw them the night before. And uh, to me, that confirms something very incredible, very extraordinary. That whole show last night is available to listen or download again on the website or if you search on one of those radio podcast players. Tonight, I want to start off with a notification that I got on Twitter and a notification that gave me the name of tonight's show, which is safe and reliable is the new safe and effective. I got this notification last night, although it's posted from October 25th, and it says, hey, Ryan, U.S. elections are safe and reliable, according to fact checkers. 
Voter fraud is rare in U.S. elections, according to Reuters. The AP, that's the Associated Press, the Associated Press and election experts both confirm that voter fraud is rare. Moreover, other forms of absentee balloting, such as mail-in voting and ballot drop boxes, include built-in checks to ensure security and reliability, according to Fact Checkers, Fact Checkers report. So this is the notification that I get on Twitter. U.S. elections are safe and reliable. Now, I don't really think that you need to be of a political party, that you even need to be a voter in the midterm elections next week. You might not know anything at all about politics or care about what's happening in congressional or Senate or gubernatorial races, but I just want to ask you the question, whether you're very involved and knowledgeable or you don't know anything, doesn't that statement sound eerily familiar? Doesn't it sound eerily similar to what we've been told for, well, about two years now about the COVID-19 vaccines? They were safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. We need until roughly the year 2100 to release the study documents. And the federal judge says you have to release them now. So they dumped tens of thousands over the last few months, pages of side effects. They knew that they were dangerous. They knew that they caused myocarditis, pericarditis, prions disease, menstrual irregularities, lowered sperm counts, blood clots. The list goes on and on and on. But yet they told us over and over and over again that they were safe and effective. And now they're telling us, and by they, I mean mainstream media, the Associated Press, election experts, Reuters, and fact checkers, all reporting that U.S. elections are safe and reliable. Now, even if you're a Joe Biden supporter, even if you're a Democrat, even if you can't conceive of there ever having been election meddling, tampering, fraud, etc., anywhere in the world, these things have never happened. It's all just some demented fantasy of some political extremists who think that because they didn't win, someone rigged the system. You have to at least acknowledge that the mainstream media and social media are saying, hey, U.S. elections are safe and reliable. In the same way that just a few months ago, they were wrapping up their multiple years of propaganda telling us that vaccines were safe and effective. All they've done is change the word. It's not safe and effective. They're safe and reliable now. Uh, this is a terminology that you could also apply to vaccines. They're safe and effective. They're safe and reliable. I mean, I guess an election could likewise be safe and effective. And it would be very effective if you are rigging the election in certain places, if you are stuffing ballot boxes, if you are making it easier for people to cheat, then it would be very safe and effective at overriding the republic and overriding the limited democracy, the limited representative government that we have. It would be very safe and effective for you. Maybe not so safe if you get caught, but very safe and effective. And it would be very reliable if you've been able to cultivate the ability to do this consistently so that you, I don't know, never lose. Or you lose very, very rarely. You have to at least make it seem like the other people could win. 
you have to at least make it seem like the entire country isn't suddenly just voting for one singular party and nobody else is voting for the other party. But see, the mainstream media and the social media companies have been very successful at convincing the average person, especially young college students who don't know any better, that one party is fascist, sexist, racist, bigoted. They harass people by asking questions. They attack people by asking questions. Remember when Candace Owens went to one of the BLM houses and there's video of her standing there saying, yes, I would like to speak with the woman who owns this house. And then I believe it was Patrice Kohler's, the Marxist, who says on the video, she felt threatened for her life. Candace Owens was trying to attack her. And then they just show the video of Candace Owens. Okay, well, if nobody wants to talk, I'll leave. So painting the narrative, showing the video, showing the image, letting you listen to the audio, and yet still telling you that what you're seeing is different than what you're actually seeing. Some real Huxleyan, Hitlerian, Mussolinian, Maoist, Orwellian propaganda. You're not actually seeing what you're seeing. You're seeing something else. It's magic. It's sleight of hand. That's what it is. It's, it's like political sleight of hand. So remember, elections are safe and effective. They're also safe and reliable. Vaccines are safe and effective. They're also safe and reliable. Now, why would social media, mainstream media, etc., be constantly, every day, nonstop, compulsively trying to convince you that vaccines are safe and effective? Why won't they just show you the data? They might say, well, the studies suggest, or the studies say, or the experts say, but the experts believe. I don't care any about any of that. I want to know what does the actual scientific analysis say. In the same way, I would like to know how exactly elections are safe and reliable. That doesn't mean anything. It's meant to imply something. It's meant to cultivate a narrative. It's meant to cultivate rhetoric and a talking point for people to use. So you have politicians running for office, politicians that are in office of usually one particular political persuasion, and they tell their followers and anybody else who dares to dissent that the previous election in 2020 was the most safe and secure, the most amazing. I mean, they really spoke in Trump terms, didn't they? It was a fantastic election. It was a wonderful election. We've never had an election this safe. We never had an election this good. This was the best election. They got voted the best more than anybody else. They were. It was a terrific election. That's the way that they're speaking. They're safe and effective. They're safe and reliable. And then we had the president of the United States telling us that election results next week could actually take several days. That election results could even take several weeks. Don't be suspicious if we can't count all the ballots within a 24-hour period. Don't be suspicious if we have to close down polling centers. Just don't be suspicious if there seems to be some kind of strange, odd I won't even call it fraud. Some kind of strange, odd thing happening during the midterm elections 
next week. Take a listen. Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. Yeah, funny enough, some ballots are being cast in some places. And there are more of those ballots being cast in those places than even people that are registered to vote. It's amazing. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. We're not even going to know who won. It's going to take a couple of days. You know, a couple of days could turn into a couple of weeks for all we know. We're just not really sure how we're going to do this. So if you if you find that you haven't learned who won within 24, 48, 72, I don't know, 100 plus hours, um, that's normal. OK, totally normal. Nothing suspicious, nothing to worry about for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. No, it's going to be legal and orderly. Don't worry. It'll be legal. It'll be orderly. It'll be safe. It'll be effective. It'll be safe. It'll be reliable. It's always been important for citizens in democracy to be informed and engaged. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. So basically what Joe Biden is saying, and I'll rewind that so you can hear the rest of uh, the whole thing without me talking. He's basically saying, hey, if we don't find out who won you know, let's say a gubernatorial election, congressional election, Senate election within a couple of hours. That's totally normal. We'll find out in a couple of days. Don't worry. It's your job in a democracy to trust the system, even when the system seems to be completely and absolutely faulty and working in contradiction with the way that you might remember it working, say, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years ago. 15 years ago. So don't worry if we can't figure out who won right away. Don't worry if people are suspicious about this. Then, of course, they're domestic terrorists. You're not allowed to ask questions. And basically, you're a criminal. Now, I don't know if to you that sounds like what it sounds like to me. When Twitter is putting up on their website, U.S. elections are safe and reliable according to fact checkers. And then I have the president of the United States telling me this, and I'll play it again for you, that if we can't find out who won within a couple of days, that's normal. When it's not normal, it does happen, but not to the extent that the president, a few days before the midterm elections, would stand up and tell the nation do not question the results of the election. We won't know for days who won. Don't be suspicious. And if you are suspicious, well, guess what? You're a domestic terrorist. Let's listen to what Joe Biden said again. Now, he doesn't say you're a domestic terrorist in this particular clip. But remember the, the V for Vendetta speech with the angry Hitlerian fists and the red lighting in the background where he called half or roughly half of the entire country of the entire population fascists and says that if just like the press secretary of the White House, if you don't agree with the Democratic Party, you are an extremist. This is precisely 
what Hitler, Mussolini, Pol Pot, Mao, Stalin, you name them, what they did to their political opposition, particularly Mao. In fact, this really started with the French Revolution, when the French revolutionaries said that anyone who disagrees with their revolutionary ideology needs to be exterminated, both politically and physically. Genocide and eugenics were at the forefront of the French Revolution, which moved its way to where it began officially, officially, officially in England, in Britain. Uh, And then the policies were put in place in the early 20th century in the United States. And then Hitler just picked up where the U.S. and the British left off in terms of eugenics and genocide. At least Hitler's eugenics program, not that it's a good thing, but at least it was uh, discriminatory toward one group or another. I mean, Mao just killed hundreds of millions without even blinking an eye. Every, it was just like Stalin said, just a statistic. I'm digressing. Here's Joe Biden telling you not to question the election results. We won't know for a while. So as we're rigging the system, essentially, <laughs> is what it sounds like to me. As we're rigging the system, don't be suspicious, because if you are, you're an election denier. Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. I'm sorry, even more than people that are even registered. It's amazing. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. Don't worry. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. Do you notice the wording that is placed into this speech? It takes time to count all of the official, legitimate ballots. It takes time to do it legally, to do it lawfully. Now, these are legitimate ballots that we found in the back of a truck in the middle of the night, and we don't want these on camera We're going to count them. It's going to take a while for us to count all these ballots. We have to find out how many votes Carrie Lake got for governor in Arizona. And then we need to find one more on top of that many votes, just one more so that she loses. So we need time if Katie Hobbs is down by 50,000 votes in Arizona. We need time to find 50,001 votes. So you got to give us time to find the votes, to find the ballots so that we can win those elections for a few days until a few days after the election it takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner it's always been important for citizens in democracy to be informed and engaged now it's important for citizens to be patient as well be patient don't question the results of any election furthermore we're not even talking about results We're talking about the strange amount of time that it takes to count the ballots so that when Republicans are leading in certain places, Democrats have just enough time to find the ballots needed so that they can win. I don't know about you. I'm not a Republican. I just find this very suspicious. You know, when I first started radio, I identified as a Democrat. Then I thought, hmm, I don't like the Democrats. I'm going to be an independent. And over the last four, five, six years, I've been pushed so far to the right, which I thought was kind of the middle, I'm almost identifying with conservatives now. 
And it's only because of things like this that make me feel weird inside. It's only because of things like Twitter telling me that U.S. elections are safe and reliable. It's only because I have a little bit of a memory. I can remember Twitter telling me vaccines were safe and effective. And it sounds like safe and reliable is just the new safe and effective. I don't know about you, but that's what it sounds like to me. Speaking of Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake, the two ladies running, well, one's a lady, one's just a a troll, running for governor here in the great Republic of Arizona. Hopefully it stays a republic. Even Katie Hobbs, the Democrat, she won't debate. She goes on CNN. And even, I mean, I don't like Don Lemon, but even Don Lemon is asking the woman, if, if you think that you know better than Carrie Lake and you think that she's a conspiracy theorist, and I mean, Don Lemon, of all people, he spreads conspiracy theories. He says that, you know, if you don't believe that an election was fair, you're a conspiracy theorist, etc. So even Don Lemon is asking this woman, this troll, why won't you debate? If, if, you, if you know that she's lying and making these things up, just get up. You're not stopping her from spreading these lies. In, f- in fact, if you debated her, maybe you could stop it. I- I'm in agreement with Don Lemon here. Take a listen to this. This is an unbelievable exchange, and it's pretty hilarious. Why not debate your opponent? If you believe your opponent is, you know, has issues in the spreading conspiracy theories uh, about a stolen election and so mm-hmm. on, and it's not being truthful with the, the people of Arizona, why then not get on the debate stage? And, and debate her. You know, not only is Carrie Lake, has she centered her entire platform around this election denialism, um, I didn't want to give her a bigger stage to do that. But additionally, she has shown that she's not interested in having any kind of substantive conversation. Um, she's only interested in creating a spectacle. But and I didn't you, want to be- If you were a- in the same space with her, wouldn't, you be, wouldn't it be easier to knock it down in front of everyone, in front of the most people? Because you're not stopping her from spreading yeah. Whatever you believe that you know, she is spreading by not debating her, she can go on television, she can talk about it, she can go in front of the, the people of Arizona every single day and talk about it, but you're not confronting her on it. And it seems like it would be an easy fix if you stood up on a debate stage and, and confronted her about these. That was one of the most coherent things Don Lemon has ever said in his entire life. Just talk to her, get up and debate her, knock it down in public. Absolutely. Don Lemon's actually correct. It's an unbelievable thing for Don Lemon to actually logically ask a real question that a journalist should be asking a candidate for governor. These issues. Look, we're six days out from the election and our campaign strategy is our campaign strategy. So we're moving forward. I'm continuing to make my case to the voters of Arizona, uh, whether or not. Uh, we debated in this race is not going to decide this election. So, um, you know, I just, we made a decision, didn't want to be a part of her spectacle. And she's not, uh, she, she won't answer these tough questions um, to, to real reporters. She only talks but, to fake but secretary, news. It's not- okay. We're going to come back to that, but just so you're aware, whether you like Carrie Lake or you even know who she is, this is just something happening in my backyard here in Arizona If you go to Carrie Lake's website, she literally has like a massive page of policies from uh, police to religious freedom to local protecting local businesses, the Second Amendment, teachers, schools, school choice, uh, you know, water issues, election integrities on the list. But it's only a few paragraphs, Uh, homelessness issue, water issue are way larger. So something's being pulled over on the public here. 
because they're just expecting and hoping that people are going to listen to this nonsense and not go check out what the opposition is actually saying. That in and of itself is tampering with the integrity of an election, telling people here in Arizona, this candidate, if they win, they want to secede from the United States. That's what we're being told. We're going to secede from the United States if Carrie Lake wins. She never said that, but Katie Hobbs just keeps spreading the lie. Safe and effective. Safe and reliable. Just like vaccines. Don't worry if we have to take, I don't know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks to count those ballots. Very strange. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Well, according to my Twitter page, U.S. elections are no different than mRNA vaccines. Twitter tells me this week that U.S. elections are safe and reliable. That is according to fact checkers, the Associated Press, Reuters, and election experts. They don't tell me who these election experts are. They don't tell me who the fact checkers are reporting this. They just say AP and Reuters because those are respected news sources, or at least for some people, they're respected. Twitter told me voter fraud is rare in U.S. elections. 
At least that's what Reuters told Twitter to say. And they tell us that U.S. elections are safe and reliable. They're probably safe and effective as well. And vaccines are safe and effective. They're also safe and reliable. Why is Twitter, why is social media, why is mainstream media constantly telling us that the upcoming election is going to be safe and effective, safe and reliable? Why have we been told that the 2020 election was the most secure, the most safe, the best run, the most incredible, the most amazing, the most diverse, the most beautiful, just uh, just magnificent thing that's ever happened in U.S. history? It kind of sounds like something Trump would say. That's what media, that's what social media, that's what political pundits are saying. It's one of the best elections ever. It's terrific, fantastic. We've never had an election like this. Unbelievable. And then Joe Biden, the president, just said this. Take a listen. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. It's always been important for citizens in democracy to be informed and engaged. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. If you put on the John Carpenter glasses, all you see is lie, obey, submit. When they tell you that we need time to count the legitimate ballots legally, and since more people are voting and sending in their mail-in ballots, states don't always count the election day votes until after the polls close. To me, that sounds like two totally different things. In places like New York, in places like California, millions of largely Democrats have already voted. They already have a pretty good idea in those states of what percentage of registered Democrats have already voted, largely and mostly for Democrat candidates for governor, Congress, Senate. Yet, although they have a pretty good idea of how many people voted statistically, they don't know the results of that until they get people to vote on election day, and then they won't be able to count those ballots until after the election is over, which means that they'll be counting them into the night and then the next day and the next day and the next. So I don't really get how you have all these ballots coming in. You already know the the statistic of how many people are voting, largely Democrat, more than Republican in the mail-in ballots. But then you can't count those, although some states already have a pretty good idea of those numbers, but they're not counting them, although they already have in large part until after people vote in person, for which we won't be able to count those until the doors close and everybody goes home, and we'll need a lot of time to count them. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. But this sounds really suspicious to me. This sounds very strange to me. When the president is telling you that there's going to be a long period of time after the election, is 
had on November 8th. To me, that sounds very suspicious. Preparing you for lengthy amounts of time, ballots appearing out of nowhere, ballots disappearing perhaps, ballots not even being available, and people going home because they run out of Republican ballots in one of the largest counties in Arizona during the primaries. Stuff like that happening. I don't know about you, but I find that suspicious. I find that strange. I find that there's something stinky here, something that smells pretty bad. And it's not just Katie Hobbs who's running for governor here in Arizona. I bring Katie Hobbs up a lot because this is what I'm seeing in my state. We did a show last week. We've done a lot of Halloween shows, but we did a show last week called the Mutilated Voter Department. And we talked about what's happening here in Arizona. The show actually did very well considering it was a Halloween week. And because the election is on Tuesday, I decided to do this show tonight. We'll also hopefully have a guest on Monday. We might even have a guest tomorrow. I'm trying to get a guest on tomorrow. A, uh, a lady here in Arizona who's running for uh, office and uh, was harassed at the Barack Obama event because she was a dark-skinned Republican, which is usually what happens. You get harassed by white liberal women. So here is Katie Hobbs on CNN. She's running for governor. And as you know, she's refused to debate. Even Don Lemon is asking, if you're not debating her, it's almost like you're giving her more momentum. If you debate her and strike down these outlandish conspiracy theories she's supposedly promoting, then that might look better on you. And she says it doesn't really matter. This is just our campaign strategy and the election's six days away. It's not even going to affect us. <laughs> so here's what she says. Like a listen to this exchange. Even CNN is like, what, what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Why not debate your opponent? If you believe your opponent is, you know, has issues in the spreading conspiracy theories uh, about a stolen election and so mm -hmm. on, and it's not being truthful with the, the people of Arizona, why then not get on the debate stage and, and debate her? You know, not only is Carrie Lake, has she centered her entire platform around this election denialism, Okay, so we're going to pause it right there. I went to Carrie Lake's website. Carrie Lake's website has a very, very lengthy page of issues. I'll read you the issues very quickly so we can get an idea of what she's actually centered her campaign on. Her main issue is border policy, tackling homelessness, education, children and families, not allowing certain divisive things to be taught in schools, a plan to fix the Arizona economy, a massive, massive, like eight paragraph page and a half. If you put it on a piece of computer paper about water in the state of Arizona and preventing California from taking our water, which is happening, then is vaccines and covid mandates. And then she has a section, don't California or Arizona. And then here about halfway down the list is election integrity, which is you know, probably a, a moderate uh, amount of text. And then she has pro-life, securing the border. Uh, I don't agree with the border wall per se, but restoring the quality of life for Arizona's tackling the homelessness. And she goes on to explain all these things. Second Amendment, protecting businesses from being shut down, religious freedom, protecting the police, preserving rural communities, protecting and supporting the military, Getting rid of, um, you know, uh, uh, 
I guess, cancel culture and censorship, as she calls it. Uh, and then she has a massive section on Arizona in, in the space race and new technologies. So Carrie Lake has a massive, massive page of issues and policies and solutions to problems, whether you agree with them or not. The fact is her website is loaded with them. And yet here's Katie Hobbs, who won't debate her, saying she's made her entire election about while well, election denialism, her entire campaign is about election denial. It's not true at all. In fact, the woman I've watched virtually every debate. Well, it's not really a debate when she doesn't show up. Katie Hobbs doesn't show up right. But every half debate, every ask me anything event she does, which she's doing all throughout the state. I've listened to all of them. The only time elections come up is when somebody asks about it. The only time that elections come up is when she's in front of news reporters and they constantly ask her about elections. And so recently she told them, and we played the clip on last Wednesday's show, she said, if you want to talk about election denialism, let's talk about Youngkin in Virginia. Let's talk about Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Let's talk about Hillary Clinton in 2016, the Russian collusion, and dozens and dozens of other examples. You want to go back to George Bush and the Democrats in 2000. That's how, first of all, you handle the media. Second of all, it shows you that the media keeps asking the question. They're the ones that are making her campaign about election denialism. And I'm not a fan boy. I'm not a wear a Carrie Lake shirt and go wave flags and get people to vote person. I'm just in Arizona. I'm looking at the candidates. This is what I'm seeing. This is what every person I know in Arizona is seeing. It's so bad that even CNN on the other side of the country, is like, what are you doing? Debate her and destroy her if you, she's going to promote these things. But see, she, she can't do that because Carrie Lake's not actually promoting these things. The media just keeps bringing it up. They're making it a centerpiece of her campaign. Is Carrie Lake, has she centered her entire platform around this election denialism? Um, I didn't want to give her a bigger stage to do that. But she's giving her a bigger stage to do anything and everything, to say anything and everything by not debating her because now you're on CNN promoting her because you won't debate her. If you did debate her, then you probably wouldn't be on CNN promoting her campaign as the antithesis of your campaign. Although you might be on CNN because if you did debate her, it would probably be like John Fetterman and you'd lose at least five or six points in the poll when people hear you open your mouth and realize you're psychotic. But additionally, she has shown that she's not interested in having any kind of substantive conversation. And that's the most ridiculous thing in the world, because as an Arizonan, whether you're up north or you're down south or you're west or you're east, Carrie Lake has literally, with virtually no money, gone to every town, every city, big and small, and done an Ask Me Anything event, where literally you can just come in for free and ask the woman anything at all, and she converses with you. Um, she's only interested in creating a spectacle. But and I do If you were in the same space with her, wouldn't you be wouldn't it be easier to knock it down in front of everyone in front of the most people? Because you're not stopping her from spreading yeah. whatever you believe that you know, she is spreading. Don is right. By not debating her. She can go on television. She can talk about it. She can go in front of the, the people of Arizona every single day and talk about it. But you're not confronting her on it. And it seems like it would be an easy fix if you stood up on a debate stage and, and confronted her about these issues. 
Look, we're six days out from the election and our campaign strategy is our campaign strategy. So we're moving forward. I'm continuing to make my case to the voters of Arizona, uh, whether or not uh, we debated in this race is not going to decide this election. So, um, you know, I just we made a decision, didn't want to be a part of her spectacle. And she's not uh, she she won't answer these tough questions. What tough questions? I love when uh, Project Veritas got one of her campaign staff on video saying we, we're not sure why Katie Hobbs isn't debating. She won't. She basically won't tell us. It makes no sense. We're telling her to do it. The Democratic Party's telling her to do it. She just won't do it. Probably because, like the sweater man in Pennsylvania, if she got on stage with Carrie Lake, she would be made to look like even more of a dunce than she already is. And any hope that she had of even maintaining fake polls would very rapidly deteriorate. Um, to to real reporters. She only talks but, to fake But Secretary, news it's not just... No, she does talk to real reporters, and they're the ones, <clears throat> excuse me, making every issue about 2020. I watch like every interaction this woman has and it's always the reporters asking those questions. And so she says, I'm not going to talk to you if you're going to ask those questions. I've answered them literally thousands of times. Just her that you won't debate. You also did not debate your. De oh, I love this. This is so funny. You also didn't debate your Democrat opponent, Democratic primary opponent, Marco Lopez. Why? And have you ever who, by the way, might not have been a good candidate for governor, but I read his platform. He actually had a very reasonable democratic platform but he didn't win katie hobbs won somehow against her democratic opponent without debating him without saying anything without even moving around to talk to people just somehow won that's the arrogance when you know that someone is or that's the arrogance of someone you know that they are involved in something very very suspicious very conspiratorial there's something clearly that is wrong here especially cuz she her office she's the secretary of state in Arizona she just deregistered over 10,000 voters and put them on a federal voter list so they couldn't vote in the in the uh, the upcoming election 10,000 votes the same number of votes that Trump lost by in the state of Arizona officially i don't know about you i'm not a republican i'm not a trump supporter that sounds suspicious to me i was i was have you I ever? Was miles ahead of him. I was miles ahead of him in the race and one handily. It's a totally different situation here. Well, it's it's not debating your opponent again. Have you ever debated your opponent running for political yes, office? I have. Yes, I have. Why do you think it wasn't important for people to see a debate in this election for governor at all? Uh, in the primary, I was focused on the general election. I was miles ahead of my opponent. I won handily. Um, it wasn't an issue. Um, we're six days from the election, and uh, this is this is the decision we made. So, so just like you're gonna have to just not ask me that question. It's just, I mean, I can't believe that people like this have the audacity to act like that, but then to go on national news and defend the acting like this. They, they defend the, the illegitimacy. They defend the lies. They spread more lies. Like, it just takes two seconds. She says that her opponent is spreading all these terrible, terrible conspiracies, and she has no platform, yet you go to her website, and she has a massive platform. You go to Katie Hobbs' website, she has barely no platform. It's inversion. It's mirroring. And of course she didn't debate her Democrat opponent. She knew she was going to win because the Democratic Party already selected her. There is no 
democracy. There's barely a republic. There are people that are selected for these positions of power. Now, when the people, the average people, realize I still have some power and they go to the polls and vote, suddenly people like Carrie Lake, who are not part of the traditional Republican establishment, suddenly they start to do really, really well in the polls. And the more that people like this who are selected by the establishment continue to open their mouths, which is why they won't debate, because they know, like Fetterman, they're going to lose several points in the poll every time they say something or they stumble through a sentence or try to defend some ridiculous, outrageous policy like letting people kill their children after they're born, which is part of Katie Hobbs' policy when she's asked that. Well, you could just, what's up to the mother? If she wants to kill him after birth, she can kill him after birth. So the media makes it about those issues like election denialism. And people like Katie Hobbs just lies over and over again. There's no repercussions because she's protected by the system. And it doesn't mean that you should go vote for Republicans during the midterm because you can't trust every Democrat or you should you know, vote for Democrats because you can't trust every Republican. This isn't, for me, even really about political things and voting. It's just, you know a liar when you see one. At least I know a liar when I see one, and Katie Hobbs is a liar. Plus, the woman has been convicted of racism twice unanimously by two juries, and yet she's campaigning with Barack Obama, but she won't campaign with Joe Biden. Why is that? doesn't make any sense. Anybody who has the ability to lie, even Don Lemon has apparently some brain cells functioning to ask those questions. Maybe it's scripted and it's all just part of the game to get people like myself to ask those questions, and maybe that makes more of a spectacle of it. But it gets even stranger than that. Just a couple of days ago, police arrested and named a suspect in the burglary of Katie Hobbs's campaign headquarters. Now, they didn't bother breaking into the Secretary of State office because Katie Hobbs has only been there 19 times in the last six months. She's not doing anything there as Secretary of the State, as an elected official who's being paid. So they decided to break into her campaign headquarters. According to CNN, the Phoenix Police Department arrested a 36-year-old in connection with the break-in at the Democratic Arizona gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs' campaign headquarters. Daniel Mota Dos Ray was booked on one count of third-degree burglary, according to the department. Funny, Katie Hobbs blamed her opponent, Carrie Lake, for the break-in. She said that Carrie Lake fabricated the break-in. She made up all these stories as if her opponent sent someone to break into her campaign office as if it were Watergate. Turns out, as is usually the case, we just learned here in Arizona yesterday that the burglary or the alleged burglary of Hobbs' campaign office was conducted by an individual who was in violation of their immigration status and wanted by ICE. It's really a magical wonderland that these people live in, isn't it? So let me just try to process this. You have someone that breaks into your campaign office, right? So someone breaks into your campaign office, and 
apparently they didn't steal anything or there's very little reporting on what actually happened because there's uh, uh, the, the, the individual has an attorney and didn't say very much. Um, they said, I guess the guy took uh, a computer mouse, a computer keyboard and a camera according to the police. But that's, that's really all that we know. Maybe he took other things. They didn't report it. Maybe his lawyer told him to only acknowledge certain things. We don't know. He, he took a computer mouse, a keyboard, and an, and an icon camera. So, after that happens, then Katie Hobbs blames her political opponent and says that she fabricated it, made the whole thing up, or staged it, or did. She's responsible for it. That's, that's weird in and of itself, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get how that makes any sense. The, the guy breaks in and steals a keyboard, a mouse, and a camera. And you say, well, that's my political opponent breaking into my office. So then Carrie Lake said, well, I, I, I thought it was more of like a Jesse Smollett hoax where something happened, but it was probably staged. And then it turns out Carrie Lake was right in the state of Arizona. And this is a microcosm for the rest of the country. And also for the rest of the world, because look what is happening in Brazil right now. Bolsonaro supposedly lost to a Venezuelan-type socialist communist. And truck drivers and citizens in Brazil are really furious, despite all the positive videos of people cheering in real tight camera angles. Well, it turns out that the person who broke into her office, the person that Katie Hobbs said was basically sent to her office in a Watergate-style break-in by Carrie Lake was in violation of their immigration status. <laughs> they were wanted by ICE. You can't make it up, folks. You cannot make it up. And once again, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent trying to moderately look at the world objectively. And I'm finding that this is one of the most ridiculous, hilarious, obvious things that I've ever seen in my life. To me, what it looks like, just like when Joe Biden, I played it earlier, says it's going to take a while to count these ballots. All the mail-in ballots, there's a lot of them. But then when people vote on Election Day, some states don't count those till after the polls close. So because... We have so many ballots and we don't count them in some places to the polls. We're not going to know for days, even though they've already counted a lot of the mail-in ballots. They know statistically it's mostly Democrats who have voted. They know the mil- it's like 12 million or more. And most places are counting the ballots immediately. They don't finish until after, of course, because you have to wait until it's over. But they're counting before it's over. The states don't just let them accumulate. And then like at, at 8 p.m., they're like, all right, let's start counting them now. So, and if there's a state that does that, I'm not aware of it. So Joe Biden says that that sounds suspicious to me. It sounds like let's see how many we're down by and then close the polls and then find how many ballots we're down by plus one. This Katie Hobbs burglary to me sounds like the Democratic Party got someone who was an illegal immigrant and perhaps cut a deal with them and had them break into the office or if it's not totally orchestrated by Katie Hobbs and the Democratic Party, would be very classic if it was, it's just some person who's strung out, some person that just happens 
happens to be in violation of their immigration status, happens to be wanted by ICE, happens to be a pawn of the Democratic Party, happens to break into Katie Hobbs's office, happens to do it right in time for the election, happens to be the centerpiece and the pawn for Katie Hobbs to blame Carrie Lake for breaking into her office to steal a keyboard. Very suspicious, don't you think? At least I think it's suspicious. Maybe I'm totally insane, which is what some people will claim. They'll say he's a radical right-wing extremist Christian Nazi. Doesn't make any sense. Don't know what that means. But for those of you who can actually think for yourselves, I know we have a lot of people that listen to this show who are Democrats, who are going through the same thing that I was going through with being sent ballots, even though I never requested them, and being put on the lists to receive more ballots, even though I was taken off those lists, and then being told you can't vote. I've had so many people in Arizona message me about just that happening, both Republican and Democrat. At the very least, something is wrong with the Arizona voter records, the voter rolls, and the system that that we have here in this state. And I think this is a microcosm for the rest of the country. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Elections are safe and reliable and effective as well. We'll be back. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. 
folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the follow back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Well, the... U.S. midterm elections are, according to fact-checkers, safe and effective, safe and reliable. At least that's what Twitter, Reuters, the Associated Press, and fact-checking experts told me on Twitter last night. They say that, according to the experts, I'm going to read you this directly, according to the experts, according to the AP, according to all of the official sources of information that U.S. elections are safe. Are you listening to me? They're safe and they are reliable. It just feels like some kind of, I'm not sure what to call it. It just seems like a a sketch show or something, like a joke. But that's what they're telling us. They're safe and reliable, U.S. elections. At least that's according to fact checkers. It sounds very eerily similar to safe and effective. And I guess we could say that elections are safe and reliable and safe and effective. Vaccines are also safe and effective and safe and reliable. Reliable way to forcibly coerce people to do things they don't want to do against their will under the guise of public health and safety. And they are effective at making obscene amounts of profit paid for in taxpayer subsidies that are forced upon the public, like the subsidizing of the war in Ukraine with not only hundreds of billions of dollars, but also inflation, etc., gas prices, food prices, etc. They are effective at making sure that you do what you are told to do. Elections are safe and reliable. They're reliable and they're effective at making sure that the people that are meant to be in power, based on the opinions of mega corporations, big banks, and rabid zealous political ideologies are reliably put into power under the guise of trusting democracy. Or at least that's what we're supposed to believe or supposed to think. I'm not really sure. Joe Biden told us just this week, a couple of hours ago actually, that we need to be careful about how we respond to the vote counting in the election next week. Election's only a couple days away. And Joe Biden says, hey, listen, look, listen. Well, I'll just let you hear what he says. He says that we're going to need to wait a couple days to get these results. We have a lot of ballots coming in, even though they're already counting those ballots, or at least they have an idea of how many there are and how many people are voting from what party. It's largely Democrat in the mail-in so far. It's like 12 million. And then he says, we can't count those until after Election Day, despite the fact that, well, most places are counting the ballots 
as they come in, like within segments of, of, of hours. So that's why you get these election centers. They're usually fake numbers, of course, I think. But I mean, at least officially, you get election centers, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, and they're going to tell you who won even, I mean, weeks before people even vote here in Arizona, they told us that Carrie Lake lost the election to Katie Hobbs for governor by thousands of votes. Somehow they had that graphic prepared and ready. But that's neither here nor there. They're counting the votes. That's why you have these election centers. Like, we've got 40% of the votes in from so-and-so county. We've got 25% of the votes from this county. 98% of the votes here. You can see the Democrats going to win this county. The Republicans going to win this county. You see, that's that's how it's always worked. But now we're being told, no, that's not how it works. And if you have any questions about why we haven't figured out who won yet, just shut up. You're a criminal. And we just need time to find out how many we lost by so we can find that many votes plus one to win. That's what it sounds like to me. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. There's more ballots. That means in some cases we won't more know more ballots cast. More ballots. I turned down. The, hold on a second. I turned down the wrong fader there. There's more ballots cast than even people that are registered to vote in some places. It's unbelievable. This is like World Trade Center math. Two planes, yet three buildings collapse. It's amazing how federal mathematics and engineering works. I mean, I, I they should teach a course on this. I guess they do. It's called propaganda. It's called um, well, that's another show, but. Let's take a listen to Joe Biden without me rambling. I apologize. Process forward. You know we the know rest. That more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. And we know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. It's always been important for citizens in democracy to be informed and engaged. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. Be patient. Shh. Shut up and sit down. We're counting legitimate ballots here. All right? And we got to do it legally. We got to do it lawfully. If you can't recognize that a lawyer or a psychologist or a combination of the two, a public relations expert wrote that script, then I don't think that you have more than a single brain cell functioning. It would be one thing to tell people, trust in election officials, don't spread lies, let's just wait to see what the results are. That would be one thing. I, I might disagree with the rhetoric, but that would be one thing. But to tell people, look, we're counting legitimate ballots. We're going to do it legally. It's just a little too much assurance. And when Twitter is telling me and social media in general is telling me U.S. elections are safe and reliable. And you have largely Democrats on the left, but also Republicans that are telling us using Trumpisms that the 2020 election was the most fantastic, the most amazing, the most secure, the most beautiful, the most reliable, the most amazing thing that's ever happened to the United States. We've never had an election this clean. We've never had an election this safe, reliable, and effective. We've never had an election this terrific. It's terrific. It's amazing. Just, mm. That's 
what they've been doing for two years. That's what the media has been doing. But see, now it's to a point where there's a lot of arrogance within both political parties, especially in the Democratic Party, where in a lot of places like Arizona here where I am, in Pennsylvania where I know we have a lot of listeners, somehow a guy who literally has a mental impairment is beating out, not that I consider him a, you know, a reliable doctor, Dr. Oz. He's beating Dr. Oz somehow, a man who cannot literally coherently put together sentences And this is the man who's supposed to confirm ambassadors. This is the man who's supposed to help confirm judges. This is the man who's supposed to help confirm treaties. This is the man who's supposed to be a senator for the United States Congress. What? A man who can't speak? I guess we have a president who can't speak, so why not add a senator to the mix? We have congresswomen who think there's three chambers of, of Congress. There aren't three chambers of Congress. There are two chambers of Congress, Cortez And there are three branches of government. I mean, these are people like Fetterman that literally just want to put violent criminals in the street. This isn't political rhetoric for me. This stuff doesn't make any sense. Show any logical, rational, thinking person. And I mean, if they're a logical, rational, thinking person and they're not wrapped up by political bigotry and bias, they look at that and say, that is... I mean, here's a good example. I worked at a grocery store, a little co-op organic grocery store in Rochester, New York. And that's where I met my fiance, Hope. We both love grocery stores. We both love produce, organic uh, produce, largely. We both eat a plant-based diet. That's like, that's what brought us together. And we both worked, um, she much more than I did. I got to look into it and the management of, you know, this little store. And how when prices go up or prices go down and how we move our adjust prices in the store. Fetterman wants to prosecute grocery CEOs for high prices. That is one of the most communistic, socialistic, Maoist things I think I've ever heard. Even more so than Alexandria Cortez from anybody running for office. Let's prosecute grocery CEOs for charging more for their groceries because the cost of transport and the cost of growing those things are more expensive now. That's one of the things Fetterman wants to do. Furthermore, Joe Biden just said they ain't seen nothing yet. President Biden is accusing oil companies of war profiteering and threatening them with a windfall tax. You think gas prices are high now? Wait until that happens. So let me get this through. The President of the United States wants to threaten, does threaten, and wants to target oil companies, oh, and gas station owners, telling them that they're greedy. And we have a guy running for Senate in Pennsylvania who literally wants to prosecute grocery store CEOs. This is absolute insanity. What are they going to do? You're going to throw the head of Kroger in jail because the price of lettuce went up a dollar? What's Kroger supposed to do? Sure, they have a lot of money. Kroger owns a lot of businesses. There's a lot of grocery stores that own other grocery stores. You got Wegmans, you got Publix, you got Kroger, Safeway, Albertsons. Some of these are owned by others, etc. Are you going to just start, like, I guess we're going we gonna to arrest Jeff Bezos? Prosecute Jeff Bezos? Are, are these people serious? Are the American people that dumb? You think prices are increasing because grocery store owners got greedy all of the sudden? 
You think gas prices are increasing because gas station owners got greedy all of a sudden? Yeah, they're making immense profits. But why are they making immense profits? Because the people in power are enacting policies that are allowing them to make immense profits. And then it's just this big circle jerk because the big corporations, the big banks, and the big government politicians work together in concert. It's an orchestra. They make obscene profits because small businesses are shut down. And I had a guy message me yesterday telling me, you show me where the government doesn't have the authority. I'll wait. Show me a law that says the government can't shut down businesses discriminatory or discriminatorily. You know, they can't just shut down a small business and keep a big business open. The government can do whatever it wants. Show me a law that says they can't do it. And then they tell me, that's not how this works. It's just one of those rhetorical talking points. That's not how this works. You show me the law. No, if you want to shut down a business, you show me the law. You show me the law. What, what, what law says it? Well, it's precedent now, so we can do it, this guy tells me. A lot of things are precedent. A lot of things are progressive and moving forward. Atomic bombs are progressive. That was based on science, I think, wasn't it? It's also based a little bit on magic and alchemy, but that's, that's a different part of the show. The experiments they did out there in New Mexico, White Sands uh, Proving Ground. But this is beyond the, the point of where the, the rational, independent-minded person says, I'm not going to really pick a side. I mean, we're, we're to the point where because people like Fetterman and people like Biden and people like Katie Hobbs here in Arizona keep opening their mouths, their poll numbers continue to plummet. And plummet and plummet and plummet. And they can create all these fake numbers just like Madam President with the picture of Hillary Clinton on the magazine before the election. And then she loses massively. They can keep creating those fake polls. But independent-minded people who may not have even voted in the last couple of elections suddenly are going to the polls. And they're voting not for blue people but for red people. Now, I can't help but think, as I've said on other shows before, that the language aspect of this is really important. So they get people to think, I hate liberals and I want to live in a red state. Well, classical liberals are classical conservatives. By association, they would be red. But to get people to say that you don't like liberals and you want to live in a red state is basically, I don't like liberal conservative ideology. I believe in authoritarianism, which is best described in terms of fascism, the sticks bound by the twine and the axe and the greatest example of fascism is Maoist China it's Venezuela it's the government owning and controlling everything it's the government because of people like Fetterman in his sweater telling grocery store owners you can't change the prices of your groceries we need to control that because well if I'm in charge people want me to do something so we're going to prosecute you if you increase your prices for those apples or that lettuce literally we have a guy running for office in Pennsylvania that is advocating for governmental politburo style style maoist price controls do you want to see what that does read a history book people eventually starve to death the government gets into the business of regulating the market in that way then they get into the business of telling farmers what they can and can't grow and how much they need to grow and the government takes control of agriculture and then 45 million people starve to death under Mao's reign of accidental terror before the Cultural Revolution in the 50s and the 60s. 
this is what we are facing. It's not rhetoric. It's not paranoia. You have people running for office that are advocating for government taking control of every aspect of the market, wanting to put grocery store CEOs in prison because they raised the price of celery, which is already dirt cheap anyway, even with price increases. I mean, it's like Bill Bird, the comedian, said, have you ever been to a grocery store? They're throwing the vegetables at you. 25 cents for a banana. Get it out of here. You know, 50 cents for a piece of celery. Just get it out of here before it goes bad. They're throwing the vegetables at you. It's not expensive to eat healthy. Again, I'm digressing from the point. So Katie Hobbs here in Arizona, she went on scene and I played the clip for you. She says she's not going to debate. She doesn't want to want to help with Carrie Lake's spectacle because Carrie Lake's spreading all these false you know, narratives when it's actually the mainstream media and even some smaller media outlets that are asking her Carrie Lake, asking Carrie Lake about the election in 2020 every single time they talk to her. And she's done answering the question because she's answered it a thousand times. But Katie Hobbs says that's her platform. Rather than talking about her own platform, she just keeps talking about Carrie Lake's platform. The same thing happening with Fetterman in Pennsylvania, because if you actually go read Katie Hobbs's platform and you listen to the woman talk like, yeah, 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 you realize the woman's psychotic. She wants to allow women to kill their children at the point of birth. That's nuts. That's psychotic. And she wants taxpayers to pay for it, which Marco Rubio in Florida brought up a great point in his debate for the Senate. He said his opponent, I forget what her name is, she wants government to pay for the abortions, yet she doesn't want government to be involved in deciding whether you can or can't get one. She's the one that brought the government into the hospital into the birthing center. Not Republicans that want to help kind of regulate abortion so it's even and democratically selected in individual state legislatures across the country. I found myself pushed to the right now because the left has gone so far over the edge that it's really just there's only the right left. There isn't even a moderate. And I feel kind of, you know, I kind of feel bad for real Democrats. I don't, I just, I, I don't, how, how, how are you surviving this? Are you still a Democrat? Are you voting? And that's the other weird thing. You see all these signs in Arizona. It's like, I'm a Republican. I have guns and I'm voting for Katie Hobbs. There's signs like that all over the place. But the reality is the Democratic, the Democratic Party have, has lost literally millions of registered voters in the last couple of months. L- millions. NPR even reported they lost 1 million voters in a single month. It was a couple of months ago, earlier, uh, middle of this year. Back in, you know, during the summer, like August, June, July. It was like June, July, August, somewhere around there. A million voters in just a few weeks registered as Republicans who were Democrats. That is massive. So it's everything is mirrored. My opponent has no plan. She has a huge website of plans here in Arizona. You don't have a plan. My opponent wants to ban abortion outright. That's not what she said. What do you want to do with abortion? Oh, you want to allow women to kill their babies as they're being pulled out of the womb. Literally. She, that's literally what she believes, but they don't want to talk about that because voters would think that's too crazy. So they have to paint their opponents as crazy. Hey, this is just politics as usual, right? Well, it is to some degree. But when people like Fetterman are advocating for putting grocery store CEOs in prison because they raised the price of Fuji apples, if you don't believe me, go look the guy up. 
when I'm in Arizona and I'm getting voter calls for John Fetterman, when I've never lived in Pennsylvania, when I've never had a Pennsylvania phone number or area code, so why am I getting robocalls and robo-messages from John Fetterman? I might, who knows, I might have even voted for John Fetterman. I don't know. No idea. Because... The Democratic Party here in Arizona, they're sending me, they sent me ballots for the primaries. They sent me a, well, I didn't even receive it. I went down to vote and they told me, you already voted, sir. And I just received another ballot in the mail. Talked about it last week on the show. And then after I received that ballot and I was told by the Pima County Recorder's Office that there was an error, a glitch, that my name was on the list, even though it was supposedly taken off. And they told me I requested a ballot in mid-September and they went ahead and sent it out. But it's really strange because the recorder's office told me, and I have this recorded, I played some of it for you last week, on the show Mutilated Voter Department, the show is in the archive at thesecretteaching.info, they told me, get this, they told me this isn't the only time this has happened, this is happening when people go to register to vote and they say we want to vote in person, the system automatically puts them on the mail-in ballot list, Republicans and Democrats, then they start sending the ballots out. And that's how they collect all those free ballots They steal them from people. They register elderly people to vote and then collect the ballots at the nursing home. People have been prosecuted for that. We have a recent woman being prosecuted for ballot harvesting in the state of Arizona. I mean, just the the, the lying and the, the conceit for real representative government in a republic, the conceit for the American people, the conceit for intelligent people. And the exploitation of people that don't speak English, the exploitation of poor people, the exploitation of black people, of Hispanic people, of native people, of Indian people, and even of white people, of all people, is disgusting. And it is the same policy today, a different Democratic Party, absolutely, but the same policies today that the Democratic Party used starting in 1828 when they were founded on Calhounianism positive good of slavery of John Calhoun, 1828, as a party to preserve the institution of Negro slavery, which was later put into the Confederate Constitution because the Confederates believed that the Constitution we have prevented the ownership of human beings as slaves. But they don't want you to know that, which is why I wrote a book called Liberty Shrugged, and you can get a copy of it at www.thesecretteachings.info. I'm very proud of this book. I have screenshots, or they're more like scans, but they're basically screenshot scans. Super high quality, super high resolution that I pulled out of the National Archives, the Library of Congress, I pulled out of the archives of uh, you know different state governments like Georgia, Texas, etc. And I wrote this massive book on the American Revolution, the American Civil War, about the Confederate Constitution, about nullifiers, about the history of the Democratic and Republican parties, about the traditional ways in which, let's call them nullifiers and anti-constitutionalists, went about attempting to override representative Republican government, And this is the same thing happening today. When the Democratic Party, or we should say the pre-Democratic Party, but it's the same ideology that led to the Democratic Party being formed, when the pre-Democratic Party was arguing before this country was a country during the Constitutional Convention that black folks 
and white folks as well, but largely black folks that were owned by these rich and powerful political figures that were working with big banks and big corporations and the slave trade. When they were discussing the representation in Congress, they said, oh, we want our black slaves to be counted as people. And others said, well, if you hold them as slaves and you don't consider them people, you can't then count them as people for political representation. So they made a compromise. The compromise was called three-fifths. It's used today to accuse the founders of being racists and believers in slavery, when in fact it was an agreement to prevent those southern plantation owners and the big power brokers and wealthy people from obtaining more representation in Congress to indefinitely extend the institution of slavery. But they don't tell you that in school. That's in my book, Liberty Shrugged, as well. With all the documentation, all the historical data that you need, and I, I really hope you go get a copy because it's, I mean, it's we're almost at the midterm elections, but regardless of that, it's a really good gift, and it's a really good little history book. I mean, it could help you whether you're in college, whether you're in high school, or whether you're just interested in these things. And it's funny because that three-fifths compromise that had to be made very similar to what's happening today because they wanted to use slaves to undermine legitimate representation of citizens in the same way that today the Democratic Party seems to want to allow everybody without identification to vote, which undermines the vote of legal law-abiding citizens. No human being is illegal, right? No human being is illegal. No, that's all they, just, that's all they have is rhetoric. So what we found out here in the state of Arizona was that some of those illegal people are being used by the Democratic Party. One of them was just arrested for breaking into the office of Democrat candidate for governor Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs then blamed Carrie Lake for this guy breaking into her office. And then it comes out that according to NBC News Arizona, Channel 12, the alleged burglar of Hobbs's campaign office was in violation of immigration status and wanted by ICE. Sounds like they used another pawn in their scheme to convince you that you should vote for Katie Hobbs because she's being attacked physically. Her office is being burglarized like Watergate by Carrie Lake. But hey, that's not the only thing that's happened in Arizona. Armed individuals in tactical gear are showing up at Arizona ballot boxes and the mainstream media and the alternative media are attacking these people saying this is harassment. You can't harass people because they have tactical gear on. However, the media rarely reports. I can't believe this is even on the National Review like it popped up on Yahoo and some other places. Here's one example. A Florida man has been hit with additional charges for sicking his dogs on a Marco Rubio canvasser. Oh, and remember that guy, Nicholas, who went to kill a Supreme Court justice? He's okay with the Democratic Party, right? So you can't watch ballot boxes. That's harassing people. But you can sick your dogs on a Rubio canvasser and assault him. And uh, in this case, luckily, this guy is being prosecuted. This this is Florida, after all. But anywhere else, he might be praised as a hero, like the guy that tried to assassinate multiple Supreme Court justices. It's kind of weird, the double standard, don't you think? 
I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. When we come back, it's hammer in time. We're going to talk about the macrocosm of the microcosm that is the Katie Hobbs campaign HQ break-in, which sounds really weirdly familiar to the Pelosi break-in. I think there's somewhat of a connection there. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio. Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Here in the final segment tonight, I wanted to briefly recap the Watergate break-in here in Arizona. At least that's what the Democratic Party called it. An individual broke into the campaign headquarters of the Democrat gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs. According to Phoenix Police, the individual, 36, Daniel Mota do Ray stole a mouse, a keyboard, and a camera. We don't know exactly if there was motivation to steal those things or if they were on drugs or if they were paid perhaps to do it. But what we do know is that Secretary Hobbs, she's the Secretary of State, 
claims that she's been receiving death threats and violence against her campaign, or I should say death threats and threats of violence against her campaign. She's been scared for her safety. That's probably why she doesn't like guns, but she carries an AR-15 with her, or at least her campaign manager does. And yet we learned after the fact that Katie Hobbs was low enough to blame the break-in directly on her opponent, Carrie Lake, who we just found out yesterday was easily exonerated when it turned out that the burglar was actually an illegal immigrant who was wanted by ICE. Huh. That's kind of strange, don't you think? Now, this happened just a few days ago. I'm going to put this into perspective for you. October 27th, police arrest and name suspect in burglary of Arizona governor candidate Katie Hobbs' campaign HQ. That's this article. Police in Phoenix arrested this individual early in the week. So this was last week, beginning of the week. Then something else weird happened. Something really weird. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't see it. An intruder, quote unquote, broke into House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's home with a hammer. According to Reuters, an intruder demanded to see U.S. Speaker, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi broke into her San Francisco home and attacked her husband with a hammer early on Friday. This was reported last week. So in the same week, someone breaks into the HQ of Katie Hobbs' campaign and turns out they were an illegal immigrant, but she took the opportunity, don't let one go to waste, especially a good one, to blame her opponent for staging a Watergate-style break-in when, in fact, they were an illegal immigrant, really, really likely working with the Democratic Party to make it seem as if Katie Hobbs was being threatened to gain more political support for her waning decaying, dying, racist campaign for governor of the great Republic of Arizona. And then, a few days later, an intruder goes into Nancy Pelosi's house, attacks Paul Pelosi, 82 years old, who was taken to San Francisco Hospital, where he underwent surgery for a skull fracture and injuries to his right arm and hands, according to a spokesperson for the House Speaker. Doctors expect her spouse to make a full recovery, according to Reuters. The man arrested at the scene was identified as David DePape, 42 years old, who was also taken to the hospital. Online sheriff's records showed he was booked into the San Francisco County Jail on suspicion of attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, battery, burglary, and other felonies. The booking may have been conducted in absentia as San Francisco's police chief, William Scott, later told reporters DePape was still hospitalize. So the Democratic Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, was in Washington when this happened. Therefore, she wasn't attacked. Weird thing is, according to mainstream media, Associated Press and all the others, this is U.S. News and World Reports and the AP reporting this on October 30th. Pelosi attacker carried zip ties. (gasps) Zip ties. In a January 6th echo, listen to that again. The man accused of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband carried zip ties with him 
when he broke into the couple's San Francisco home, according to a person briefed on the investigation in what is the latest parallel to the Capitol riot of January 6, 2021, which isn't actually a riot. It was a protest that turned into uh, kind of an aggressive uh, protest where people were let inside and then people are still spreading the rumors that, hey, uh, you know, a lot of people died at that riot. Well, one person was shot by the police and other people had heart attacks or committed suicide. That's, you know, we need context here. So the man accused of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was carrying zip ties. Okay, so let's move on to the next article. This article is from the LA Times. Accused Pelosi attacker David DePape spread QAnon, other far-right bigoted conspiracies. What is a bigoted conspiracy, by the way? According to the article, in the months before police accused him of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, this was last Friday, David DePape had been drifting further into the world of far-right conspiracies anti-Semitism, and hate. In a personal blog that DePepe maintained, posts include such topics as manipulation of history, (laughs) the holohoax, and it's okay to be white. He mentioned 4chan, a favorite message board of the far right. He posted videos about conspiracies involving COVID-19 vaccines and the war in Ukraine being a ploy for Jewish people to buy land. No, I think it's a ploy to use Jewish people as an identity to obtain historical sympathy based on manipulated history in order to coax untold billions of dollars out of taxpaying citizens in the United States, including Jewish people that willfully pay up because other Jews are in need across the world. So I guess De Pepe was, um, he was interested in QAnon, according to the LA Times. He posted uh, about QAnon, which is, you know, of course, the LA Times has to describe what it is, an unfounded theory that former President Trump is at war with a cabal of Satan-worshipping elites who run a child's sex ring and control the world. Again, I'm not a Trump supporter, and I don't know what QAnon is any more than a, an AI algorithmically run a system, a soci- associate self-organizing collective intelligence, uh, PSYOP, Uh, Trust the plan, Operation Trust of the 20s, the Soviets trying to find opposition to their movement, the Bolsheviks, uh, the Maoist 100 Flowers campaign, letting people write letters to the government, telling the government what they didn't like so they could isolate their political opponents. That's what QAnon, I think, really is. It's trust the plan, trust operation plan. Uh, But there are child sex rings. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, anybody? Um. I don't know, Claire Bronfman, uh, Keith Raniere, John of God, Oprah Winfrey, um, Weinstein. Um, I don't know, uh, half the people in Hollywood, uh, Army Hammer, who's got like a, he's a cannibal, the blood drinking of uh, Machine Gun Kelly and people like Megan Fox. Like, I, I don't know, you mean like all the children that were molested by that director in Hollywood? You mean like the uh, um, the child molesters that made the powder movie back in the 1990s? You mean all the people that Disney has fired and then rehired or pedophiles? They've acknowledged that they're pedophiles and openly hired them because they're pedophiles? You mean those people, the, 
the vice presidents and executives at Disney that have been involved in raping kids, having sex with young girls and going to Jeffrey Epstein's island to do those things on top of doing those things outside of the island, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd call them Satan worshipers, but if, you're, if your goal as a candidate running for governor in Arizona is to allow women to kill their children as they're being birthed, that kind of sounds like infanticide and human sacrifice to me. Yeah, I might classify them as Satan worshipers. I mean, if your goal is, as John Fetterman is in Pennsylvania, your goal is to let violent criminals run free on the street and then prosecute grocery store owners because they raise the price of celery to align with the cost of the product when they purchase it to put it on the shelf for you to buy it. I don't know. That kind of sounds nuts. That kind of sounds backwards. That kind of sounds crazy. But if you look at the world and you understand what's going on and you understand history, you'll recognize that when they say he wrote about manipulation of history and he wrote about COVID vaccines and Ukraine and Ukraine being a ploy for Jewish people to buy land, what does that even mean? So what am I supposed to think? Anybody who says, why are we giving hundreds of billions to Ukraine? Oh, they must believe in that conspiracy theory that that guy that attacked uh, that, that Congress lady's husband believed in. They're, at, they're immediately discredited. DePape's daughter, Inti Gonzalez, told the Times that her father wrote the blog about these things. She said that she and her mother were reeling from the news that DePape had been arrested in connection with the attack on Paul Pelosi. She said she was shocked. See what's happening here? Here's another article, Politico. Joe Biden cites January 6th riot chant as he condemns despicable attack on Paul Pelosi. So let me get this straight. The Associated Press and U.S. World News says Pelosi attacker here at zip ties in January 6th echo. Um, I don't know why I remember this, but when I was in Utah a couple days ago taking a hike, some hunters had left zip ties on the trail. They must have been rioting out there in the middle of nowhere. If you own, I mean, I think I have zip ties in the kitchen. Does that make, mean that I'm a, <laughs> I'm a rioter? I mean, this is like some lowbrow journalism here. This is some raw propaganda here. And they are raw dogging your brain. And they want you to tell them more, please. Can I have more, please? More, more, more. And people are dumb enough to believe it. Dumb enough to make this asinine association. He carried zip ties. Oh, no. They might as well say man breaks into Pelosi's home with shoes. And since a lot of people in Washington on January 6th also had shoes, in fact, I think all of them had shoes, this is an echo of January 6th. Man seen walking down the road with shoes, echoing of January 6th. Man seen being let into a business legally, reminiscent of January 6th. It is totally, 100%, absolute, pure, raw, unfiltered nonsense. Pelosi attacker carried zip tires, January 6th echo. Joe Biden then says, according to Politico, January 6th riot chant is despicable. What is the chant? What, what, what is the chant? I had to read this article. President Joe Biden said, 
that the act of breaking into the house was despicable and that he was able to, I don't know how Biden did this now. He is a genius, smartest president ever. He tied the attacker's words to the chance of rioters at the Capitol. According to reports, the same chant was used by this guy that they have in custody that was used on January 6th, the attack on the U.S. Capitol. That's what Biden said during an impassioned speech, more like a dementia speech at the annual Pennsylvania Democratic Party's Independence Dinner, which I'm sure cost more money for a plate of food than I make in a month, but, you know, therefore the people. What was the chant? The perpetrator shouted, where's Nancy? That's the chant. (laughs) That's the chant. The perpetrator broke in and immediately said, where's Nancy at? Come here, old man, I'm going to bash you with a hammer. It just sounds like a cartoon. Now, it happened, but what exactly happened? Well, According to, well, let's, let's, let's take a look at this. Nancy Pelosi wasn't there, right? Remember the last time Nancy Pelosi wasn't there and her husband got into that drunk driving incident? And there were reports that there was another person in the car that fled the scene. Well, this time, Nancy Pelosi also wasn't home. And this time, we have similar reports that the individual that was in the home, they show you that broken window, which to me, I don't know, that just, it's proof. Looks kind of weird and staged to me. I don't know, maybe it wasn't. I don't really care one way or another to say it is or isn't. I just find it strange that Pelosi's out of town again and here's this guy in his house. Somehow he got through the wall, he got past the security cam. Like there's, this house is filled with security cameras. And Like, I've seen Nancy Pelosi's house. It's a massive mansion. You know, security wall, security camera. Somehow this guy just walked in, broke the door, walked into the house, and then smashed the guy in the head with a hammer saying, where's Nancy? I've got zip ties. I mean, he might as well have dressed like the QAnon shaman. You know? Just to make it look even better. But according to uh, Elon Musk... I find this interesting. Elon Musk had posted an article on Twitter. This is after he has officially purchased the company and started firing the executives. He posted an article about how Paul Pelosi claims that he doesn't know who this guy is, but said that he does know the guy's name and that he's a friend. And I thought, that's, that's really weird. Why is Elon Musk tweeting that? So then the New York Times posted an article that said Elon Musk shares website, uh, Santa Monica Observer, a website that's known to spread fake news. And Elon Musk responded back. I've been doing this recently. In fact, I there was a Katie Hobbs tweet here in Arizona that said something about how Carrie Lake is, uh, Carrie Lake has, what was it like? Carrie Lake has um, sponsored or she's hired people that are racists. Uh, and I, when I tweeted back to Katie Hobbs and said, that's absolutely ridiculous. She has never hired you or offered you a job or something like that, you know, because she's actually been convicted of being a racist. So Elon Musk said something very similar. When the New York Times published that article about him, he, he posts back on Twitter. It's so, it's so great. He posts back on Twitter. I've never shared the New York Times. <laughs> 
which exactly, yes, the New York Times, I don't care what you call it, fake news. There's so many of these fake, stupid websites, you know, the, the Storm website of the QAnon people and the before it's BS news and all these garbage 4chan Reddit things. Total garbage, total nonsense as far as I'm concerned. But I do find it weird. Nancy's out of town. Here's Paul, somebody in his car, drunk driving, person runs away, DUI. Somehow that was Trump's fault, we were told. And then she's gone again, and here's a guy that Paul doesn't know, but he knows his name, and he's a friend, but he doesn't know him, and he's in the house, like Clue, with a hammer, probably in the butt. Reports are that the man was a gay prostitute, or at least one of the lovers of Paul Pelosi, who is astonishingly, oh my God, he's gay? You think so? If he's not gay, it's just part of the ritual. It's part of the, it's part of the the initiation. It's part of the the way that you maintain the power. But this this seems to be quite a consistent thing. I mean, remember, remember the Franklin scandal. Remember the gay prostitutes brought to the Reagan Bush White House back in what was that? The late eighties, early nineties. Big newspapers. Here, I'll find the headline for it for for you. Just type in Washington. Gay prostitutes, White House, Reagan, Bush. And they were Republicans. You're telling me Republicans do the same thing? Oh, yeah, they do. You ever seen Bohemian Grove? Here it is. Here's the article headline. Homosexual prostitution inquiry ensnares VIPs with Reagan, Bush. That's not true. Democrats do that. No, Republicans do it too. So... Let's go back through those articles very quickly. Let's see what's happening here. We have an intruder attacking U.S. House Speaker Pelosi's husband at her home looking for Nancy. Where's Nancy? Which is, according to Joe Biden, reminiscent of the January 6th attack. And then the AP says Pelosi's attacker carried zip ties in January 6th echo. I have zip ties. Does that mean that I'm echoing January 6th? I mean, all the protesters also had shoes on. All the protesters also were wearing clothing. Even the shaman had clothing on, even though he had you know a shirt off most of the pictures. So zip ties indicate that you're a terrorist? I don't get it. This is just like, literally saying he was wearing shoes and so were the protesters. So it's connected to January 6th. Then the next article, the Pelosi attacker, David DePape, he was spreading QAnon far-right bigoted conspiracy. These aren't just conspiracies, folks. These are bigoted conspiracies, okay? And all the conspiracies and stuff he's sharing is just stuff that I personally, you would think maybe Ryan believes those things. no. QAnon is Trust the Plan, Operation Trust, 100 Flowers Campaign of the Bolsheviks, the Soviets, the Communists, and the Maoists. Anything that the left doesn't like is far right. And anything the left doesn't like is a bigoted conspiracy theory, although they tend to be the bigots traditionally, historically. And then Elon Musk shares a story that, hey, this guy might have actually been a prostitute. And the last time Pelosi was out of town and he, this guy got a DUI, there was another person that fled the scene. And here again, somebody in the house. Maybe the hammer went in a little too far. And he got upset and he called 911. He was being hammered. He probably was hammered. 
It's the second time he's been hammered. He was hammered in the car when the guy left, and now he's being hammered in his house. And they probably broke the back window real quick. Make it look good. Make it look like a break-in. He got mad at the guy. Maybe the guy wanted more money. And he said, where's Nancy? I've got zip ties. And they reminisce. Remember when people broke into Nancy Pelosi's office and they put their feet up on her desk? (gasps) I think you get the point here. Total nonsense. But it doesn't stop there. Because Joe Biden said this. He said, this is despicable. There's no place in America. There's too much violence, political violence, too much hatred, too much vitriol. And what makes us think one party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax, all a bunch of lies, and it's not, it not affect what people may or may not do. It may not affect people who may not be so well balanced. What makes us think this is not going to alter the political climate? Enough is enough is enough. Spoken like a true French revolutionary. Exterminate your political opponents and put them in jail. Now, despite the fact that he says there's no place for violence, the Democrats have virtually no issue with somebody breaking into Katie Hobbs' office. That's okay because that gives her political points, despite the fact that it wasn't Carrie Lake's fault. It was actually the Democratic Party's fault because the person who broke into her office was an illegal immigrant who was in violation of their immigration status and wanted by ICE. And then, as people here in Arizona are watching ballot drop boxes, which... Nothing illegal about that. At least three run-ins with individuals in tactical gear have been encountered, uh, documented in Maricopa County up there, Phoenix, Mesa area, Scottsdale area. So because people show up in tactical gear, a couple pictures of that, everybody's so afraid. Oh my God, he's in tactical gear. He's watching the ballot box. I, I can't take a picture and get paid to drop these ballots off. Oh my God. Apparently, that's violence and not okay, even though no violence has occurred. Yet, a Florida man, Javier Lopez, sicked two German shepherds on Christopher Monzen, a Republican canvasser for Marco Rubio. So here's a psychotic nut job, nutbag retard who sicked his German shepherds on a canvasser for a Republican because, well, he hates Republicans. That's okay, folks. That's okay. And I would think that maybe we could have a better conversation about all of this if we could at least for a moment, for a moment, talk about Nicholas John Rosk. You know, it's like that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where, where Charlie's like, can we talk about the mail? I've been dying to talk about the mail. There's no Pepe Sylvia. I got boxes full of Pepe. Well, we've got boxes full of De Pape, And we have boxes full of Nicholas Rosk. Can we talk about Nicholas Rosk? I've been dying to talk about Nicholas Rosk. Okay? I've been dying to talk about Nicholas Rosk. A guy who basically took the recommendations of the Riddler And he brought everything except a carpet insulation tool. Literally, he brought a gun. He brought knives. He brought other weapons, including uh, what were they called? Um, uh, Brass knuckles. And he was going to assassinate three Supreme Court justices, not a peep out of the left-leaning media in condemnation for more than a single article or two. Just attorneys for man. This is one of the only articles you can find. Attorneys for man accused of attempting to murder Justice Kavanaugh have no concerns about his competency. That's the only thing you get. You don't get full page 
ads on Twitter and Facebook and constant news coverage about it. It's like Nicholas Ross doesn't exist. How about, here's another story. Left-wing activists harass conservatives reading Bible, steal book, and rip it up. Protester who's totally nuts, totally psychotic, eats the pages of the Bible. So let me ask you this question. What's more crazy, left-wing activists that attack someone reading the Bible and, and literally eat the book, a man who is so, I don't know what I would even call him, I don't think it's like some weird beta male cuck thing. I think it's mental illness. Some nut job that goes to assassinate three Supreme Court justices so the court can be packed with liberals attempts to assassinate them or people showing up in tactical gear to watch ballot boxes. What's more crazy? Someone who physically assaults a Republican canvasser and sicks his dogs on him to hurt him, to kill him? Because he's a Republican or people that question whether or not Joe Biden's speech a few hours ago is suspicious when he says we've got so many ballots, we just need time to count them. If we don't know in several days, don't ask questions. Just let us find the number of ballots we need to win. You know, what's more dangerous, telling people that elections are safe and reliable and never to question any inconsistency I mean, the attorney general for Arizona is kind of a joke, but they just prosecuted a woman, at least one, it might have been two, for ballot harvesting, literally, just like a few weeks ago. And I got into a discussion with a woman about this at the market here in Tucson a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the case, and she said, well, that's just one, name another. I said, well, one just happened in Texas, name another. I said, well, you just said it doesn't happen, and then I name one, name another. What do I have to do, sit here and name every single case? You're not going to believe me regardless of what I show you. So what's the point of continuing to show you? you know, that's not how this works. Prove it to me. Show it to me. You, you notice that rhetoric? That's not how this works. I just got another thing in the mail. Vote for these Democrats, and it's just covered in rainbow flags and communist fists. These aren't even Democrats. The Democratic Party of Pima County, Arizona, said F the 4th of July. They had a morning. They had a morning for the 4th of July. These are the nullifiers these are the Confederate constitutionalists who wanted to preserve Negro slavery and also use it to justify congressional representation. They're doing the same thing today, except they're allowing everybody to vote while keeping Hispanics and blacks and poor people and illiterate people that can't read or speak English very well on plantations. They give them little bits and pieces of money so they can barely take care of themselves and they continue to vote for their party. And if you ask any questions about it, remember, U.S. elections are safe and they are also reliable, folks. They're not just safe and effective. Safe and reliable is the new safe and effective. Tomorrow night on the broadcast, hopefully, we will have a guest, Christy Kelly, running for office here in the state of Arizona. She is a dark-skinned lady, smart lady, dark-skinned lady, who actually was uh, harassed and uh, attacked at a rally for Katie Hobbs here in the state of Arizona because she's a dark-skinned Republican lady, and they don't like that too well. They don't like that too much. We'll have her on the show tomorrow, hopefully. We'll also hopefully have another guest on Monday. And, of course, the elections. We're going to have a couple of election shows and a lot of other great stuff planned for next week. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday, Ground Zero Radio Worldwide. 
www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. Please subscribe. Please buy a book. Your support keeps us on air. TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash the name of the show. If you'd like to contact me for any reason, rdgable at yahoo.com, TST radio at protonmail.com. And last but not least, if you don't like PayPal for books or for subscriptions, use the Cash App handle. It's the money sign, R-D-G-A-B-L-E, R-D-Gable. So money sign, R-D-Gable, Cash App. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Tonight is November 3rd, 2022. We're back tomorrow, November 4th. 2022 Friday night.